You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. This is the No Doubt About It podcast. No doubt about it. And now your hosts, Christy and Mark Runcetti. We got a special edition today. This is I gotta admit, the wheels could completely come off this thing because we're shocker. trying we're trying some stuff we have never done before. Yes, we are. We're I mean, and this is all and it's also an idea that you came up with, I don't know, three minutes ago. Well, yeah, yeah. it is. Because the uh That's today we're we're recording on Sunday. Right. Sunday afternoon. Uh the Dallas Cowboys are taking on the Buffalo Bills. Ooh, which is we a need like massive a we need some game. sound effects on that Ugh, one. It's gonna be huge. I huge. mean it, it is a massive game. So my brother <laughs> happens to be there. Right. And so we're going to check and in since with you're him. you're jealous, you're going to call je- him. I am jealous, but it's probably best I'm not there, and I'll explain why, as a part of a very damaging history that I had to live through. Okay. Very painful. Well, we're going to get to that in a minute. Yes. But I, yep. we'd like to show, start off the show by thanking people who have written in or made comments, sent yep. us emails. We've gotten a lot of back and forth lately, um, and then we haven't had time just because of the way the, the last couple of shows have gone. We haven't shared those. So thanks so much for writing in, for subscribing to our YouTube channel. Please continue to do that. If you want to send us a note, info at nodoubtaboutitpodcast.com is our email, and you can also just, you know right on our YouTube channel directly as well, if you want to do that. But some of the comments we got, this this was off of one of our comments because I rip on Vivek constantly. Right, right. And uh, this guy right in and said, um, Vivek gives answers to hard questions. You may not like his solutions, but he gives more than vague political platitudes. That's from Andrew Hurd. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. I, I Should I share my crazy theory on Vivek really fast? Uh, sure. I know it's crazy. Like it's a conspiracy theory. And- oh boy, that's weird for you. Oh, zip it, guy. And this one is completely cooked up by myself, by the way. I haven't read anything from anybody. I'm not saying there's any validity to this. I'm sure I'm going to get ripped by somebody for saying this. Right. But I've been watching his interviews lately off the, you know, not having to do with the debate. Yeah. And basically, he just defends Trump constantly. Right. So my theory is, and supposedly he is paying for all of his campaign financing himself. That's what they said. They said he's independently paying for this. I'm sure he's got well, some no, donations. He has to have some a certain number of donors to make the donor to make the debate stage. Okay, so you know who the donor is? The donor is Donald Trump. I'm uh, I am oh, convinced. Geez. Oh gosh. I am convinced that either he is funneling money through a pack for this guy or something because he's just basically there as a PR guy for Trump. Okay. And he knows he's not going to get elected, right? So he's just yeah. the voice for Trump since Trump is not there. That is my theory. Right. Okay. okay. Well, okay. That's crazy town. But I, I will say this. I will I say that. I bet there's some money being funneled to him from uh, some sort of oh Trump gosh, situation. Here we go. Okay. I will say this about Andrew's comment, though. Yeah. And that is that Vivek is a very articulate individual who is who is smart. I, I don't I, I made it clear. I think he's undisciplined. I think he's all over the place. I think he's running a race you, you can't win with when, when you when you just when you're a crowd pleaser, mm-hmm. he's a crowd pleaser, right? He, he says what people want to hear in the moment and, and they, and they let eat them up for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I, and I do, I do 
genuinely think he's an interesting person. I, I don't think he's obviously going to be president. I don't think what he's doing right now is particularly productive. I think what's happened with Haley and the, and the bad blood there isn't productive either. So I'm not a big Vivek fan as far as the race he's running. But I do have a lot of respect for his ability to frame issues and to call people out. Now, of course, he's able to do this mainly because he became a Republican a half an hour ago. Right. Right. And so he, this was like he didn't he's never really been much, which is OK. I mean, he's, so al- he's also never had to run for anything. So he doesn't. Right. Well, you know, yeah, true. Nothing, but no, which is crazy. Know, well, whatever. I mean, it would have, look, Trump didn't run for anything before he was elected president. So what? Well, you know, and so point. I don't care about that. I don't think you need this. Oh, you should have. No, I don't. Been a city I don't, councilor first, oh, and then you should have. I don't I mean, either. Give me a break. I don't either. But my uh, but, point with that is, is when you've never run for anything, it's you kind of just start your own rules. And he, I feel like he, that's where the undisciplined part comes from, where he changes his mind on topics on the daily. Right. And I think that's somebody who hasn't shown any discipline beca- and the discipline is lacking because he's never worked in a campaign before. Well, and that I, is something yeah, you learn I, when you're in a campaign. Well, no, but, but you can learn that without having been in a campaign. Well, you can't, but he has not. Listen to good people and understand that your words can get you in trouble. Now there are some advantages, certain lines of work. You learn very quickly. Your words get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just that, that you know, it, certain people know that. And, and, and sometimes it's being elected to public office for us. It happened to be when you're on TV every day, you learn, you just certain things you just you got to be careful you mm-hmm. have to be disciplined not that you would say anything crazy but you but you do realize there are certain areas where you have to frame frame things in a certain way that that is understandable and is not necessarily offensive but then sometimes you want to be offensive and and what you're doing with vivek so mm-hmm. anyway he's okay. an interesting guy I, I i think that you know again I, i'm not i wouldn't support him right now in the current crop of people that are running in the primary but also he is a good you know, he's a good cudgel against, you know, you, you saw him on CNN and him just beating up CNN. Yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah. Good for him for doing that. So, you know, yeah, I, I think you're crazy on your theory, but come on. Okay. All right. All right. I like to be crazy sometimes. Yes. All right. We also have some um, folks who wrote in about um, our ABQ raw interview. Yes. Episode 59. Yeah. With Mark and um, Nick. Uh huh. And yep. this is from police law news. This is great interview. ABQ raw is the best news source in Albuquerque. Not even close. Yeah. The other one that wrote in about this was a Cornell Heitzman okay. said ABQ raw is the number one source for honest news in Albuquerque. Thank you, Mark and Christy. Um, yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, Cornell. no. And that's, and that gets that, that line of independent media that we've been talking about a lot. And it's something we covered and spent a lot of time on last week, which was ABQ raw and the borderland beat. Okay. Both of them together are really doing a good job with that. So if you haven't listened to the ABQ raw episode, it's up. It, it's it's episode 59, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, the Borderland Beat is episode 60. Right. And, and here's a couple of comments on Borderland Beat. Yep. Um, one was great information. Keep up the good journalism, especially from independent journalists. Um, the other one just said, I just added his, his book to my cart on Amazon and look what it suggested. Narconomics, how to run a drug cartel. And nice. I am like, wow. Yeah, I'm like, wow, too. Thanks, you guys, for writing in. Continue to do so. And we will try to get to those as quickly as we can. And we do need you to continue to subscribe on YouTube, on uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. It would be a huge help to us. It does make a big difference. It does. And it's free. So just yeah. click, click subscribe. Yeah. Just go into, if you want into YouTube, whatever, just go to No Doubt About It Podcast. And that's where you'll find it. Okay. This is where breaking news. This is where we're going breaking news. Uh, <laughs> and you're so dressed for it. I am. I am. I got my shirt on. We're ready to go here. Uh, <laughs> we're shooting just before the Cowboys Bills game, and so I'm going to call my brother, who's on the ground in Buffalo. He lives in Rochester, New York. Okay, he and his wife are at the game, and the Ronchetti family has a very star-crossed history with this rivalry. Okay. Okay. So let's see if he even answers his phone. I'm hoping this will work. 
Ave, oh, there we go. Okay, Ave, you may want to pop him down slightly here. See how we do. See if he, uh, see if he answers here. Oh my gosh, is he here? Hey, how we doing? Yeah, <laughs> good. How you doing? <laughs> We're good. We're good. Uh, you're you're sort of uh, live to tape on the podcast, so uh, try to avoid your usual slew of swear words. And uh, oh, why? Yeah, I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't you have podcast. a bleeping machine or something? I, I do. It's it's Ava, and she's behind the board right now. But you know how lazy we are on this podcast. I don't want to go back and bleep you. So okay. All right. So talk All right. I'll to do me. my what, best. Okay. So talk to me. What's going on? Where are you? Set the scene for us. All right. So we are uh, right about maybe a hundred yards from the stadium. We can see it right behind us. Okay. It's about 50 degrees. It's cloudy and raining. Okay. It's perfect Buffalo weather. Yep. We are with about 20 friends of ours all in this kind of tailgate area, which is just awesome. Oh, nice. We all have our tents up, you know, since we're, you know, kind of tailgating pros. Yeah. We we brought grills and... uh, and of course, a lot of beverages, as you can imagine. No, shocking. Yeah. Um, shocking. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shocking, right? Right. Hey, listen, I started with Bloody Marys this morning, so I feel pretty good about it. That's you know, good. That's, no, that's good. Hey. In the morning. Yeah. Got a vitamin C in that. Let's yeah. go. Oh, there's no question. Um, you're, you're well known yeah. to mix your alcohol with just a little bit of something that makes it not quite as bad. It, it just is, it makes it nutritious and delicious. Um, okay. But lots of people around, lots of Bills fans, lots of Cowboys fans. Yeah. Believe it or not. Okay. So even the people we're with, we're kind of like, uh, you know, about 20% Cowboys fans and 80% Bills fans where Whoa. we are, which is nice. Whoa. Got it. Okay. Okay, good. All right. So here's the thing. And I want to remind you of this because I don't know if you remember this. Back when we were kids, the year was 1984. Uncle Joe and Aunt Mary they live in Buffalo and every year our yep. family, we'd hop in the, in the wagon. You and I would get the back seat facing back, yeah. by the way, which is just incredible. Those yes, old that's the scariest place <laughs> ever to ride in a car. Exactly. Actually, nowadays you can't even do that. So, oh, no. you know, whatever. Are you kidding? They'd kill us for that. But, um, so yeah. they, so they, they, they lived in Buffalo. We lived in Vermont. And so we would go out there every Thanksgiving and we'd have to put up with the Buffalo fans because the Cowboys would play every Thanksgiving. And then we'd have to hear from our aunts and uncles and all this. And it was just crazy. And by the way, there's a picture now, Judy, just your wife just sent us a picture of what's going on at the game. So we got that up right now. And so, um, so what we're, so we're, we go back and forth. So we have a long history with this Cowboys bills, hate and everything else. Well, aunt Mary and uncle Joe come out to pick me up. I'm in fifth grade. They drive out, they pick me up, and they bring me back for the Cowboys-Bills game in Rich Stadium in 1984. Oh, yeah. Okay? So just me, it's me and Uncle Joe and a, and a couple other people go, right? You guys stay back in Vermont. And 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 so it was. Huh. Fr- I'll never forget, it was freezing that day, much colder than it is today. Yeah. It was snowing, okay? We get out uh. there to the game. I'm freezing right out of the jump. The Cowboys, Raphael, <laughs> Raphael Septien kicks off to the Bills. Okay. The Cowboys yeah. uh, cover the kick. It, the good kick coverage. They stop the Bills at the 10. First play of the game. Okay. Joe Ferguson comes out for the Bills and he hands the ball off to Greg Bell. Okay. Now, I want to, Peter, I want to play this highlight for you because family history is on your shoulders today. You can, we cannot have a repeat of the last time Aron Ketty went to this game. So this was the first play out of the box. Greg Bell gets a handoff. Here it is. All right, let's hear it. First and ten at the 15-yard line. Here's Greg Bell. 
He breaks a couple of tackles. Oh, no. Greg Bell may go all the way. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Clear it. Oh, no. Greg Bell. Touchdown Buffalo. Touchdown Buffalo on the first play. On the first play. Now, here's the thing. The Cowboys the whole day scored three points. Like, that play alone ended the game. Okay? So, the Cowboys (laughs) lost that game 14-3, to and I just sat there in utter devastation. You cannot let that happen today. Yeah, no, listen. We're not going to have that happen. But I will say, you know, having watched a lot of Buffalo games, because when I'm not rooting for Dennis, I am rooting for Buffalo. Sure. Um, Buffalo is very tough at home. I know they are. They're just like the Cowboys. You know, know. when you have home field advantage, it's, it's unbelievable. So, but our defense is better. Dak is playing well. I think we got this. I really do. Okay. Okay. I really do. Say, so your prediction is Cowboys win. What's the score? Uh, you know, it's interesting. The weather is going to play a part in this. I'm thinking it's going to be like. 24 17 Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. That makes sense. I like I think it. It's a, you know, I think it's a seven point game on our part. I, it's just, it's tough because it depends on how hard it starts raining because yeah. right now it's not bad, but they say it's going to get a little bit worse. So, okay. and they're you know, both, we'll see. And, and Josh Allen is a good bad weather quarterback. And that's a problem. He is. Yeah. Mainly because he's but, got, you know, it depends. Yeah. But he's been unpredictable, right? He'll make kind of decisions that aren't so great and it could help us out. Okay. All right. I like I like that we're he breaking likes, this down. Oh, you know? Peter, I like that this is like a real NFL pregame show right now. <laughs> yeah, listen. That's what we're all about here, you know. <laughs> all right. I have listen, one. You get a few beers than me. I can I can predict anything. Oh, I know. Okay? It's, you are the Nostradamus. Four Bud Lights in you, and all of a sudden you can see through walls. Yeah. It's fantastic. Hey, listen, there's there's no Bud Light here. Yeah, I was okay. Say, oh, yeah, that's there's right. No sorry. Bu- boo oh, on the Bud Light oh, guy. Oh, sorry. Sorry. You're right. That's an yeah. argument for a different part of the podcast, which is coming up in a second. But anyway, Peter. I have one more yeah. thing. I have one more thing. The last time you and I went to an NFL game, do you remember that? Uh, the last time you and I were in an NFL game, I do not remember that. Okay. Well, you got to remind me. We were kids. I probably will if you remind 1987, me. 1987, we were kids. Okay. We were kids. We lived in Vermont. <laughs> uh, and we, I, was in, I was in college, wasn't I? 87? Yeah, you may have been close. Freshman in college? Yeah, I was a you, freshman in college. Okay, okay. So you're a freshman well, in college. See, I barely remember that. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I let's wonder go why. There. We so won't go into we that. Get in yeah. the, we get in the wagon again from Vermont. We drive down to Foxborough, Massachusetts. Okay. Oh, yo, my gosh. Okay. The Patriots game. Yes. So we go to the Patriots-Cowboys game. Our whole family's there. Okay. And, and, and Christy, you would, I mean, we're all there. We're, again, same deal. We all pile in the wagon. We go to the game. Game goes back and forth, back and forth. It's not great. I thought the Cowboys were going to roll them, and they didn't. Okay, but as we're watching the game, Herschel Walker is going off on these guys, right? He ends up running for like 178 yards, and, and but at the end of the game, the Patriots take the lead. They go up 17-14, okay? And Sal, our dad, mm-hmm. decides. Okay, so wait. For yeah. one second, you got to preface everything that happens in our family. We have to be at the exit early. Yeah, because we can't get caught in traffic. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. is sad. So, yeah, yeah, and can't get caught in traffic. And if right. you're so, familiar so with, sorry to interrupt. Go yeah, ahead. no, no, no. If you're familiar with Foxborough and Sullivan Stadium at the time, and now Gillette, it takes forever to get in and out of there. It does. So Sal is like, I, we can't do this. So it's like clearly the Patriots are going to win. They're they're way up 17-14, right? So we come we come all the way. We had driven four hours, like, and we're not going to sit to the end of the game. 
Ah, so then sounds like somebody else I know. Uh, Keep going. Let me tell you. Oh, I tell you gosh. what. Sal marches us into the car. We get in the car. <laughs> the Cowboys all of a sudden scrape together this drive, uh, kick a game tying field goal with Roger Ruzek. Okay, guy kicks a field goal, goes seventeen seventeen. They're going to overtime, wow. and we're in the wagon. <laughs> Right, we're in the wagon. Oh my god! Are you guys aware of what's happening? Oh, of course we yeah, are. We're listening. The radio. Oh, yes. oh, yeah, we're, we're listening to it. Well, that was when you had like AM radio or yeah, something, yeah. and they broadcast oh, games. Right? Absolutely right. And so the Cowboys get the ball right, and all of the sudden, the game which Herschel Walker had dominated. He then takes another handoff. So here is that again, mind you, we're on oh, the road we leaving go. the stadium. Okay, we're on the road leaving the stadium because Sal had to have us out to beat traffic. Meanwhile, the Cowboys yeah. stage a comeback and the handoff goes to Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker breaks tackles and breaks loose. There he goes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Gone. Touchdown, Herschel. So is the game over The now? game is over on okay. the spot. Okay. In, in one of the great oh Cowboys comebacks, Herschel takes the thing like 70 yards. And the reason this is even bigger deal, so then we're so then Sal just stone-faced, sitting, driving us yeah. out of there. And we're all looking around like nobody says anything. Oh, you, know? you guys are all yeah, mad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. furious. We're furious. Right, thanks a lot, Dad. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Dad. Glad, glad we came all the way to, to Foxborough to see the Cowboys in a huge comeback victory. And then you get home and you have a question to ask yourself, right? All your friends are like, I can't believe you were at the game. What was it like? <laughs> you guys so, all yeah. lied. You did you tell lied. them, like, or were you just like, oh, it's incredible, dude? It was incredible. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not telling the truth about that one. Yeah, we heard it in the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. No, yeah. no, we can't oh be quiet, gosh. but unbelievable. So just to say this, that, you know, look, our family doesn't have the greatest history okay. going to see the Cowboys. Line. Yeah. Okay. You know, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, uh, you're Listen, not there it, it, and Sal isn't there. So maybe Peter can bring some I good know, luck that's today. What I'm hoping. That's right. I'm bringing some yeah. good luck. Yep. Me and the silver bullet. We're bringing good luck. <laughs> okay. boy. All right. Well, hey, tell Judy, hey, and I'll, uh, we'll talk to you we'll after do. the game. Yeah, it sounds good, guys. Take right. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. And what's so funny about this is yeah. that our show's going to air on Monday. I know. We'll already so know the result, but I didn't even care. I, I know, just thought it was kind of it's, it's your fun thing there. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Okay, so he brings up Bud Light. Yeah, and I actually brought up Bud Light. Yeah. 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 Okay. Terrible situation happening right now with this whole Bud Light trying to reinvent themselves again, trying to get back their audience, right? Right. So let's let's go over the history really quick for those of people who don't recall. Yeah. But basically, they go with this influencer who is uh, Dylan Mulvaney, right? Yep. Uh, hack off most of their uh, target audience. They also come out. Their marketing director comes out and says, "We're too fratty." Right. right? It was an incredibly out of touch marketing right. director, clueless. Yeah. Right. Yep. She was really out of touch. And so, um, is this the is the first video I have of uh, is it Kid Rock getting all frustrated? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So when Kid Rock saw the Dylan Mulvaney stuff and the fratty stuff from the from the marketing director, basically thumbing their nose at at their bread and butter consumer you know, middle American consumer who loves Bud Light and that's who your consumer is. And you should be proud of that, by the way. Uh, they do all this to basically spit in the face of their consumers. And this is what Kid Rock thought of that. <laughs> Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. Okay, so what he's doing is basically taking an AR-type gun and shooting a bunch of Bud Light. For those of you who are listening. Yeah. And so 
that's sort of where, you know, Kid Rock was when all of this went down. He was furious. Right. Which is less than a year ago. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was. Okay. Yeah. Now, suddenly. Yep. He's changing his tune. He is. He's like, oh, let's. I know we've just had the largest boycott ever done by a conservative group in, in, in our country. Right. Let's just let them off the hook now. Okay. So, right. so, so let's, let's just show let's, what he says yeah, here. Yeah, here we go. Okay. So Christie's furious with Kid Rock. Yeah. Here's what he says now with Tucker Carlson. So do I want to hold their head underwater and drown them because they made a mistake? No, I think they got the message. Like, hopefully other companies get it too. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think the punishment that they've been getting at this point fits the crime. It's like, I would like to see people... Get us back on board and become bigger because that's the America I want to live in. Well, it's in. better to improve than destroy. Yeah. So that seems like a win. As you, we were talking this off camera and you said, what would that say about us as like-minded people Yeah. who were like, hey, cut it out. What's the matter with you? That, you know, if we brought them back up, you know, that's kind of the America I want to live in. Like, it's not wrong with giving a spanking, you know, the kid does something wrong yeah. or tries, you know, maybe he's going to harm themselves, but... They'll spank them for the rest of their life. You kind of, you know, someone gets taught a lesson. They say we made a mistake. All right, man, let's move on. And then you got your, I'll, I'll hold my comment okay, for okay. one second. Because you've got so, this other clown also. Oh, easy on the clown. Well, I liked this guy until this. I, I, well, I, 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 another, I let's have just a great deal of respect an, for him. But, another sellout. Right okay, here. so here Dana go. White, head of the UFC, mm-hmm. is also saying the same thing. That, wait a minute. You know, look, I understand why people were upset with Bud Light, but we're now we're now going to par- partner up with Bud Light for the UFC. And mm. I think people should start drinking Bud Light again. Here's Dana White. Bud Light got hammered over over one thing that they did. But when you look at the company as a whole and what they stand for and what they believe in, and, and, and when you talk about what somebody believes in and what they stand for, look at what they've done. Look at their track record, you know, and I've said it a million times. Yeah, look at their track record. 65,000 Americans are employed. <laughs> Head of Anheuser-Busch, that should be your number one reason. 65,000 jobs in America, an American company. Number two, they spend almost a billion dollars a year with U.S. farmers. That alone should be another reason. A big majority of their, of their uh, employees are vets. They, they, they spent $44 million over the last several years taking care of fallen first responders, families, um, uh, military families of, of soldiers who have fallen, uh, you know, these guys are, I'm way more. Okay. That, that's all great. That sounds all lovely. Thank you so much for the PR pitch of Bud Light and all the greatness that they did. Those are the things they should have thought about before they made this horrific marketing move. Okay. The problem I have with these guys now is we've got, we've got fighter boy, whatever his name is again. What's his name again? Uh, Dana White. Dana White. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever we want fighter to call him. Boy. Fighter like boy. he's some sort of fighter pilot. I don't right, know. Okay. You got him. You got Kid Rock, both now singing the praises of Bud Light. Right. Let's just back it up that Fighter Boy is now getting $100 million a year for the next six years for that organization. So it's weird how you change your mind when you get that kind of money. Number two, they haven't said how much Kid Rock is getting that I'm aware of, but I guarantee you they came to him because they basically believe he kind of started leading the revolt against Bud Light with his video, right? I'm sorry. I don't really care what Kid Rock has to say one way or the other. I I, I don't make my decisions based on Kid Rock. I also don't drink Bud Light. I, could, I think it's disgusting. I've always thought it was disgusting, but that's beyond the point. The point is, if I was their PR person, number one, I never would have let this happen. But if they had brought me in, let's say, after this all went down, you owe an apology to people. You need to come out and say, we were wrong. 
and we apologize. We realize now that what we did was insensitive. It's not one thing like Fighter Boy just said. It's more than one thing. You put an influencer up there that is promoting the trans movement, which has gone way beyond. It's, it kind of opened up this whole thing to say that trans was okay. It was okay to put kids under the knife. It was okay to put kids on these puberty blockers. You basically tried to start this culture war. Okay, and you try to take this on. The culture war is still being fought right now. You've got in California now they've passed all these laws that you do not need parents consent to do any of this. Right. Your kids can go there. They can get puberty blockers. They can have surgery if they want. They can do whatever they want. Parents do not have to know. Uh, This was started this this all became came to light because of this culture war that we're in. Right. The the war is not over. It's one of the biggest things that are on the plate right now for conservatives in our country. And to cave because of money. And if you want to go out and take care of your employees, that's where that hundred million dollars should be going to. Then you go take care of the people that you had to close those plants for. Or if you want to take care of the vets, take care of the vets. And then you apologize to to the people that were buying your product to start with and saying, you know what? Not only were we not in, we were insensitive on this situation. We didn't realize. I mean, I don't know how they don't realize this, but we didn't realize the lengths of this. Did they look at that influencer all, at all? Did they understand the swimming suits that guy was wearing? Did they understand how much they were promoting this movement that parents are really against? Most conservative parents are against this. So anyway, I just think they all they're trying to do is throw money at a problem. And I think we these two ca- these two guys caved because of money. It's not because the company has come out and apologized. That's what these guys want to believe is that these guys are, oh, they're, you know, they deserve a second chance and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you deserve a second chance if you apologize, potentially. Okay. Um, I think that's a really, you make a very compelling case, counselor. Uh, <laughs> I think that it's, uh, I, I, I come down on the other side. I, I think that first and foremost, you are right on what you're saying about the culture war and the respect that this was something that Bud Light, this is a terrible misstep by a marketing firm, or, 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 or really, this is a terrible misstep by the marketing department in New York City. You got a marketing department in New York City that has no idea what someone in middle America thinks. And in and, and this marketing chief who who said that they were a fratty brand and you know they're trying to branch out beyond that is clueless and, and clownish there's no doubt I, I cannot argue with that in any way she was let go a lot of that quietly marketing she was let go by the right. way very true mm-hmm. but but at the same time one thing i can't stand is this cancel culture movement of you've made a mistake there is no coming back from it and we're going to pound you into dust and, and i think the thought process that look we're trying to walk our way back here is one that I can appreciate. And, and yes, Dana White gets some money out of it. Yes, Kid Rock may some get money. some money out mm-hmm. of it. Look, I understand that. I totally get that. But I also think Budweiser is a good American brand. Now it's InBev and is it totally American and no. not Belgian? There's some debate there, right? Yeah. But the point remains, this is an iconic U.S. brand. They have paid a price, like a massive price for this in conservatives and Bud Light drinkers showed and people probably that aren't even conservatives necessarily showed, wait a minute, you are, are going to treat your customers well. And, and I do think that makes a difference here. I, I do think that they were held to account to some degree. Now the, the CEO of the company did come out and say they made a mistake, but, but not to the degree that you're talking about, which I right. can understand your point. I think that they needed to come out and either, whether it was an ad or whatever they wanted to spend their money on and make sure that they knew, Hey, we overstepped here. We overreached. We didn't. I know, but what's the, what's the end game here that, that we continue to pull back and Bud Light cease to exist as a brand? No, but I don't apologize, like that. apologize 
apologize for having the role that they had in this well, here's culture what, war. No, that's what they said. And this is what they said. They said, we never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. And, and so their basic thing was, sorry, we didn't want to get in the middle of this, but well, we did. They were, that was so foolish of them. And, well, and it was a weak denial. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I just think you get to a certain point where I do believe there should be some sort of road back. And, and I do think now is probably a fair time for that to happen. I get your point on Dana White. I get your point on Kid Rock that they have some benefit out of this. But at the same time, yeah, while they may have a benefit out of it, it is still something that I think people stood up and said, no, you're not going to do this. They were held to account. And now I think there's got to be some road back. The continual pummeling, I don't think serves a purpose. I hate that anyway. I think a redemption story is what makes this country great. And, and I get that this is a little different, but at the same time, I do want to see Budweiser as a brand continue to be a huge part of America. I, I grew up on it and, and we all me? did. Well, you know what I mean? I mean Peter, are we talking about Peter no, again? Your brother? <laughs> but no, but we grew up knowing that Clyde's it. like, it's an American icon. Okay. That's great and all, but I'm telling you, they have not come out and said, listen, we do not support the culture of what this is influencing. I don't kids. think you want them to say that because they, they I'm sick of companies have, trying exactly. to say that in any regard. Well, they shouldn't have got involved in the first place. I totally place. agree so with they you. They need to come out and say, listen, they did we, say that they oh, did say please. they didn't want to be in the middle of it. They did please. say they didn't want to be in the middle of it. And I don't want but them what, having one president give some statement, blah, blah, blah. Some PR written statement doesn't count. If you want to put money towards whatever, like, do you know how many people, how many kids that we've read stories about and listened to stories that had the reassignment surgery that don't have the money now to go back and have any sort of thing, I, put your money there. Well, Why don't they go support those families? I Look, listen, I understand that. But the problem is the issue with getting involved in this whole trans issue was it was a terrible mistake to get in the middle of it. So you got to get your company out of it and enough. I'm sick of companies thinking we care about what their stupid political I agree. I don't care what you think politically and I don't want to know what you think. Okay. So do your job. You go vote for the heck you want. I'll do the same thing. And I don't want to hear about it. So Budweiser made a huge mistake in stepping into that world. I'm just saying that there should be a way to step back out of this without crushing the brand and, and without saying you're done forever. Cause I hate that you're done forever. I'm not saying you have to be done forever. I'm just saying, I don't think that they made enough retribution. They did not do what they needed to do. Going to pay two, two, you know, high paying, of vocal influencers in the conservative side of things right. is not to me. That is a, that's just paying, use, throwing money at it instead of actually well, coming out and, and taking some sort of response, real responsibility. And that's what I'm, I'm not saying they have to die. I'm not saying that we needed to kill the Budweiser market completely, but I'm just saying, I don't believe that they actually, it's like when somebody says, Oh, I'm sorry. When they, when they hurt your feelings or whatever, you yeah. know, when somebody's I'm truly, sorry if, I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. if that hurt your feelings. Right. right I get Those it. weird yeah. backward apologies. Yeah. That's what I feel like this is. It's a, it's a faux apology. And I right. just think, I never still want to see a Budweiser in my house. So don't ever even think about bringing something like that in here. Okay. okay. Well, right. no, no, look, I understand your okay, point. And, on, I, but and I don't totally believe me. I don't totally sit here and think I, I, I largely agree with, with holding people accountable for things. But at the same time, I'm just sick of living in a country where it's like, gotcha. And now you're, we're going to pound you into dust. So I think when there's a gotcha, it's what do we do about it? And you build it back and, and you, you, you're right. You apologize. You say, I'm going to head in a different direction. I made a mistake here. I'm all for all of that, but the pounding into dust and you will never do business again. I hate that. And I hate what this country has become in that respect. Well, I don't want to see that anymore. Well, and I want to have people, if they're willing to accept responsibility for mistakes they may have made or whatever, or maybe an inartful comment or whatever, 
I just think it's something you got to be able to come back from. I get it. But I'm just saying that what I hope really comes out of all this is businesses are paying attention and saying, listen, perhaps we should not be dipping our toe in a political agenda with our company and our brand and our products. Right. Maybe we should just sell the products. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You know? I mean, I totally agree with that. In fact, getting and staying on this same thing, we'll go to we'll go to cut cut 22. Um so in this whole the whole transition continues to go, right? I mean, right. this doesn't go anywhere. And and last week the issue got went into an area that I think a lot of people could see coming, um but it it had an interesting result, and that's the University of Washington. Uh, gave a biological male a scholarship for the women's volleyball team, which to my knowledge had not happened before. So uh, this was uh, a yeah, male one born, out of 12, apparently, right? There was 12. Yeah, yeah there's 12 scholarships uh, to women volleyball athletes. Yeah. In any most division one schools, you get 12 uh, volleyball, roughly 12 volleyball scholarships. And it was awarded to um, someone who was born as a boy. It was, it was Tate uh, Dragaset, 17 year old transgender girl. Who, who was born a boy, mm-hmm. okay? And and so this was offered up and accepted for the University of Washington. Well, right. Riley Gaines- Gets pretty fired up, which I appreciate. Absolutely. She's been someone who has been at the forefront of this. And she one of the biggest cases she makes is how anti-women this is. Mm-hmm. It the, is. The, the, what are we going to do now? Set aside three of the 12 spots for biological males? Is that, what we're, is that what we're headed? I mean, that's what she's concerned with. So she sounded the alarm immediately on this. And this was the tweet that she sent out as this was developing. And you can see what she says here. Yeah, she says, um, male takes women's volleyball scholarship at UW, a soon-to-be Big Ten school, stealing the already few opportunities for women at the collegiate level. How can he be proud? Um, they should rescind the scholarship. Well, turns out, it looks like they probably have now. So Riley Gaines' latest tweet is that it's alleged that the UW or UW Volleyball rescinded the scholarship from the male vying to play with the women. Sources say the coaches had no idea he was a male. He and his family concealed his sex throughout the entering recruiting process. And so she's saying basically the power of public opinion is is holding people accountable. And that's what her job, she feels like her role is now, especially when it comes to female sports. So, well, and, and here's my part of the, my problem with this whole thing. And that is you have somebody here, this, this girl who's a volleyball player or, 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 or boy who's, who's transitioned to be a girl. I think when you don't have clear policies, I, I, th- this, person's life is is going to be turned upside down Mm -hmm. because of weak policies and people thinking they're doing them a favor you're not doing this person a favor by saying oh yeah yeah come on the volleyball team oh nope slap them down and out you go that's humiliating Mm -hmm. and and, and maybe they were deceptive on it maybe they weren't i don't know i don't know the whole story right but but this person's life is wrecked for for the time being on this and that's because you have weak leaders at universities who don't stand up and say look Women's sports are for women. Men's sports are for men. And if you want to compete in in other realms, you can do that. There are other opportunities outside of NCAA sanctioned sports. Okay, so stop because you're hurting people. This reminds me of the border. It's you think you're being compassionate, throwing things open, and people get killed because of it, right? And all these things start to happen. And what is cloaked as compassion is actually cruelty. And that's exactly what happened right here. And it bothers me. And here's one other thing. One of the pull quotes from this story in Avid's clip 25. It's interesting to listen to the parents who were involved in this whole process and who played against this transgender athlete. They said, many of them have been afraid to speak out for fear that they would be targeted as haters and that their daughters would be punished. Quote, 
Everyone is scared of how their child will be treated if they speak up. It's already so competitive to get on a good club team, one parent told Redux. The stealing of positions and opportunities has been infuriating and so sad when you see how it affects the girls. So this is just so bad on so many levels. It's so unfair for the girls who play and have worked hard and never get a chance. It's even unfair for people who are struggling with whether they're transgender or not. And they go into this and are told by adults, oh, no, go ahead. Go for it. Go mm-hmm. go put your head in the wood chipper and let's see what happens. It's rough. It's terrible. It's not compassionate. It's awful. Well, and hopefully we see, I mean, at some point, because, there, because again, you know, the thing that we talked about this uh, when we were on KKOB on Friday was when the story kind of first came out that we found out about. The, the real problem is, is people are still saying, oh, this doesn't exist, that there's not yeah. boys that are taking women's spots on sports teams or in competition level or a scholarship situation or winning races. It is happening. And that's the frustrating part is to say that it's not happening is not true. Right. It is happening. So it, it's not it's not a situation where you necessarily, as you're saying, go and sacrifice the trans kid. You know, that's not the job. That's right. not the job of us either. Right. But Create new structure, you know? So if there needs to be a, a whole new lane for them to, to compete in, then do that. I don't know what the answer is, but it certainly isn't just to, to, to say it's not happening and a, continue to allow this to erode women's sports. Right. And, and then this stretches into another area, which is Clip 26, Ava. And this is Swim Canada. Again. And you've heard about this, right? You've got a 50-year-old man who is competing against teenagers. And this is the second time that we've even talked about a story like yep. this. The yep. first time it was with elementary school te- kids. Now it's a teenager. Yep. The problem with this one is this guy dressed as a woman right. shared a locker room with his teenage girls. Right. They allowed that to happen. That to me, you need um, not only a mental health therapist on site for this guy, you need uh, some police officers because this is a pedophile at its, it, its top it's just whether it's a pedophile or somebody that's a sexual deviant, no. I don't know. But no 50-year-old man, I don't care what outfit you have on, has any place whatsoever in a locker room with teenage girls. The truth of the matter is, is I'm the mother of two teenage daughters. If I found out a 50-year-old man, I don't care if you're wearing a wig or not, is in the locker room with my oh, girls. Oh, you mean the wig doesn't make it okay? No. Okay. Yeah. And I don't care what you want to call yourself. You're still biologically a man. And you're built as a man and you have zero business in a locker room with teenage girls. Mm. I would have been on fire if I had been a parent in that situation. Mm -hmm. And it's brutal. So, okay. So I want to go back. So I want to talk a little bit about something here that's interesting. A couple of quick economic stories before we get you out of here. And then we've got a very special uh, show to talk about coming up on Thursday, which Mm -hmm. I really would love if you would listen to because it's going to be great. So we're going to cut this one a little bit short, but I want to get to a couple quick things. It's clip five. And this is what scares me for Ava and Ella Mm -hmm. and for many of you that are in your 20s. And that is the Gen Z for Gen Z. The American dream is basically out of reach. It's out of reach. And, and the numbers are ugly. The, the original story we looked at was from CBS News. It says the American dream costs about $3.4 million to achieve over the course of a lifetime. From getting married to saving for retirement to saving for kids and everything else. Meanwhile, the median lifetime earnings for the typical U.S. worker is $1.7 million. Mm-hmm. So for single people... It's 
all, it's Almost really impossible. difficult. Yeah. Exactly. And, and what I thought was interesting about this, Christy, is, is when we look back and we look back at, you know, everything we put into getting the girls to where they are and, mm-hmm. and, and getting to where we are. We'll look at some of the numbers and what you have to have. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I read over the story yeah. in depth. Now, I think some of the things are a little blown out. Like, okay, yeah. No offense, but a wedding and engagement ring should not cost you $35,000. I'm sorry, but I'm like, you can do that cheaper than that. However, raising two children to 18 years old, $576,000. I would say that's probably pretty right. That's probably pretty correct. Um, Again, it says here, 10 car purchases. You don't need to make 10 car purchases. I mean, else your name is Mark Ronchetti. Easy. um, But no, I don't think the average person would necessarily need to buy those. One year of college for two kids. I actually think this is low. Well, no, hold on. 10 car purchases over 40 years is not, that's your working life. That's not that many. Oh, okay. Yeah, for a lifetime. I don't think that's that many. Okay. Okay, Okay, I'm just saying, sticking up for people who like to get cars. (laughs) Okay, anyway, uh, one year of college for two kids, I think this is low, $42,000. It's actually more more when you count books and living arrangements and uh, food, all the things that go with that. That's low. I think you're looking to spend a lot more than that when you have two. And then the average cost to buy a home, including lifetime mortgage payments, Almost eight hundred thousand dollars, just shy of eight hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Um, health insurance. This should blow your mind. O- almost a million dollars that you'll spend between the ages of twenty six and sixty five to cover yourself with health insurance. Yeah, that, I mean that's an issue for this country, and it's something we have to continue to address. Right. We've got so, to bring healthcare costs down. So yeah, it is. Yeah. It's it is sad because it. You know, I don't know. I keep telling the girls, whatever you do, I know that you're. Like Ava wants to be an actor and write, and she loves to do all these things that are creative. She's a great public speaker. I'm nervous because I'm thinking. I think she needs to go to college for something that's really going to pay her more. Right. And and because if you want to be able to support yourself, you got to make more money now, which is kind of, it's that weird feeling that a lot of parents I think that I've talked to are now experiencing as their kids now have graduated high school or getting ready to graduate high school. What direction do we lead our kids in? Is going into college debt really the answer? Not for a lot of families anymore. Right. Um, so it's it's really trying to find trade schools or things that talents that will pay your child as they, no as doubt. they become an oh, adult. There's no doubt this thought process, everybody go to college and then call it good is bonkers. And mm-hmm. it's good that, that we're starting to change from that. Yeah. There's no doubt. And I think the, the, the thread in a lot of these stories is the next one was that the homeless population continues to explode. Right. And the threat in all of this is economic conditions are getting very, very rough. And, and I know that there's a there's a thought process from the administration that, oh, no, no, things are really good. You're just missing this. It's not the case. And one of the scary parts about this is as we continue to see our homeless population climb, and there's a bunch of different reasons for homelessness. Sometimes it's drug abuse. Sometimes it's mental illness. But a lot of times it's just people that are sliding into de- economic difficulty and it happens very quickly. And this is one of the scary quotes from this story. It's that people more and more are ending up homeless in a much more quick fashion. It says that move from housed to unhoused is happening more quickly and it's more direct. And that's terrifying. Well, because Be- most people don't even have more than one month's of living arrangements in their savings account these days. Right. And so if, if you fall on hard times and you can't cover yourself for even 30 days or 60 days, um, watch out. Right. And, you know? and so that's why this whole thought process that, you know, not that, you know, inflation's not that big a deal, increased cost. Right. It's mm. all, it's a huge deal. And Mark, the interest rates went down. Well, uh, I don't know if you got the memo. It's gone down well, by nothing. Well, it's interesting because we Still are going to- 6.31% over this time last year. Are, House, how, how loan interest rates? Oh, just went down a little bit. A tiny bit. Okay. Well, they're going to. And they're have bragging to, about it. So no, but they're, <laughs> and that's the interesting thing on that front, because you've raised interest rates so high to contain infl- inflation, right? Well, it's completely stalled the housing market. 
So how are you going to have, what's the only way to get the housing market going again? You got to lower the interest rates. You got to lower the interest rates. So if you do that, what are you going to do then to inflation? You could start to push it back. It's going to be an interesting walk. And that's what's kind of scary about what's headed our way. I think the next, you know, gosh, I don't know, next year and a half, two years. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be rough. This one I thought was interesting. We should add this tipping story, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, so go to that the, and then we'll go to the end. T- yep. Tipping backlash has begun. So basically these, you know, you're automatically, our, our girls and I've had this discussion that, you know, you're often just uh, a computer is kind of flipped over to your an iPad when you go to, tr- you go to put something on your credit card right. and it asks for a tip. And when it's not a service, like when you're not actually getting a service, it's still expected if you have a credit card and kind of, we're trying to teach the kids what is tipping about it. It is, it used to be about customer service, right? That's what it started as. I was a waitress for a long time and sometimes you got great tips and sometimes you didn't. And, but as a waitress, it was, it was expected that you get a decent tip, right? Something like that. Now the tip is expected in things like dry cleaning. What did I see? I bought a Christmas toy. Okay. For my nephew, my grand nephew, I bought a little Christmas toy online. The, it asked me if I wanted to add a tip to that. Right. If I wanted to add a tip to buy a toy for, for my nephew right. online, right. uh, that has gotten to a whole crazy bird level. I'm sorry, but like, that is not what tipping was about. And what's sad is now most companies, a lot of companies are utilizing the tipping process to help pay for their employees. Yeah, pads their bottom line. Right, which yeah. is crazy. So like, as this lady said in this in this article, um, the, she says here really, uh, Mary Medley, a Denver retiree who describes herself to the Wall Street Journal in July as unilaterally prolific tipper, is one of those who's become more discerning in recent months. Uh, it says, what started out to be a way to acknowledge excellent personal services feels like it's becoming a way to help supplement worker compensation. And it's just, right. You're giving true. to the business. You're basically donating to the business. Yeah. yeah. So stop now, asking I, for a tip every five seconds, especially when I'm just buying a toy and stop asking me if I would like to round up my money to give to some unknown weird charity, like the children, which is good. They ask me that all the time at fast food restaurants. No, I take care of my charities where I'm at. So no, I know you are anti. Would you like to round up? You're like, no, no, I don't want to round up because you've already charged me $800 for a hamburger. So no, I'm not going to round up (laughs) to money that I don't even know if you're giving it to anybody. I mean, I'm sorry, but it could just be padding your pocket again. So no, I'll take care of my charity situation. We give to lots of different things. We'll continue to manage that. You just make me a hamburger of something that I can actually afford. How about that? Okay, boss. But here's the here's the other thing, and I, and I think you make a great point. But here's the other thing, and I think the point's missed in this story. The point in the story is people don't have the money to tip extra anymore. When they did, they did. Mm-hmm. Now they don't. So when all of a sudden you see stories that say, "Oh, the tipping culture," there's pushback on the tipping culture. There's pushback on that tipping culture first and foremost because when you have less money in your pocket, there's less money going to somebody else. Period. And so that's what I think is happening to some degree. And then your point is great. It's expanded too far. No doubt. I totally agree. Just the overreach has just gone crazy. All right. Last uh, story Mm -hmm. before we get out of here on this kind of pre-holiday edition. This is a pre-holiday edition. This is a little bit of a pre-holiday, kind of an eclectic group of stories that we hit today. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. These last two stories, I want to go ahead and apologize that – I, oh, no, I, not the first one. The second one you should apologize oh, for. I'm just going to apologize because I'm the one that sent this to Mark Yeah. because I thought they were interesting. I right. didn't know he'd pulled the one thing out of this article to share with you all. So well, my apologies. The first one is is the Guinness, well, this is the Guinness Book of World Records has their new record holders in 2028. A lot of them are boring and you don't really care. But the first one I thought was pretty fascinating was there is a new rope skip record 
by a cat I know, in I, one minute. Funny. Yeah. Okay. So I want to show you the video and we'll show you the video of the cat skipping rope. And I got to tell you something here. So we'll show you the video if you can see it, if you're watching on YouTube. Basically, you have a, the cat's owner is kind of encouraging the cat and they're skipping rope. Now, this is not, you know, Rocky Balboa or Apollo Creed smoking <laughs> through the rope. You know what I mean? Like, the, but the cat's, the cat's jumping rope slowly. So my point on this is. But any it, cat that can jump a rope. Well, I, that's impressive. But at the same time, I feel like if you really dedicate yourself, you can beat this thing. This cat is not jumping that many times. I'm guessing we got eight or set, seven or eight jumps total on yeah. this cat. Well, I'm wondering how many, um, how 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 much, how many times did you hit that cat with the rope when you were trying to teach that cat? Oh, there's no doubt the cat's like, why are you whacking me? Yeah, with this rope. With this rope. But, but anyway. if you're really dedicated, I feel like there's an opening here. You can take that record from this person. <laughs> okay, so okay? this is a new challenge for 2024 for yes. those folks out there with a cat. Yeah, you got a cat. You like you to like jump, to jump rope? Yes. Yes. There you go. Yes, right, you're we've welcome. set it up for you. You're all welcome on that. Okay. okay this is what I'm apologizing for, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. If well. you're easily grossed out probably turn us off at this point. No, it's not that it. gross. <laughs> it's not that gross. Now, the loudest female burp record has been set. Oh, gosh. It's been set by Kimmy Cola. <laughs> you can guess where that comes from. Yeah. She's a, she's on TikTok. And mm, she's, sure she is. She has got a bunch of videos on her just tearing it up, right? Mm -hmm. She burps like crazy. Well, she was going for <laughs> the gross. record of uh, the highest decibel burp. In history, and here's how it turned out. Why did I just broke the world record for women's loudest birth? That was it, right there. That's it. 100 and, 107 decibels. I mean, that's just gross. And it she drinks something like coffee and something else. Oh, she, what she describes that she drinks and eats to do this is, is gross. That is horrendous. Hey, ladies, uh, to yeah. my girls, don't ever make this one of your lifetime goals, please. No, no, like, I just no, think it's foul. Point. Anyway, no, and I'm not even enough. that proper, but don't do that. That's gross. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So our holiday edition is coming up Thursday. Yes. And we have very special guests. Uh, we have Squire and Louise Rushnell. Now, if you don't know who Squire Rushnell is, he is a producer. Um, and he, your favorite type of movies. He is. So he does hall. He's done hallmark movies mm -hmm. and his Mark's personal favorite. It, they are my favorites. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he is somebody who, who does the Godwink series. So it's in, in a Godwink is basically, you know, when God kind of opens up circumstances for you to kind of say, I got you. Mm -hmm. and, and he came up with the Godwink series and he and Louise came up with the 40 day prayer challenge, which is a challenge where you, you, Pray out loud with your spouse for 40 days. And, and there's a bunch of stuff you do with it, but you take a survey at the beginning and a survey at the end to see how things went. There's some science behind it from, from Baylor University. They're such great people and, mm -hmm. and they're so much fun. And so we wanted to have them on it for our holiday show because we'll be off a week after that. But we want to have them on just to talk about the holidays, to, to what Christmas means, to how important it is to to pray and to be part of, you know, how important your family is in mm -hmm. this and, and how important God is. That's right. And to make sure that maybe if you're looking for a new challenge in your marriage or in your relationships, maybe take on the 40 day challenge in 24 yep. and we'll teach you a little bit more about that coming up on the next episode, yeah. which comes out on Thursday. So yep. if you're on a road trip, we make sure you tune in that yeah. way. Or if you'd like just to, if you're at home baking cookies, doing stress baking, like I do, there you go. tune us in. Okay. All <laughs> Very right. Good. <laughs> Thanks you Very guys good. for joining us. Today. Absolutely. And we'll see you back here on Thursday. You've been listening to the No Doubt About It podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. 
We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at No Doubt About It Podcast. No Doubt About It. The No Doubt About It Podcast is a Choose Adventure Media production. See you next time on No Doubt About It. There is no doubt about it.